Hey everybody, Mele Kaliki Maka. And Feliz Navidad. It's Mia and Michelle from the Love Your Lineage podcast show. We're taking a short break for the holidays, but we're so excited to release a new episode with our fun guest, Lisa Valentine Clark. This is a bonus episode, so consider it your Christmas gift. And we will be back in January with new episodes, and we're so excited for you to hear more. Bye. Bye, everybody. All right. Um, I got a really awesome joke. But I'm also like embarrassed to tell this show. No, I want to so hear completely it. Completely awesome. Okay. <laughs> what did the pickle do when it won the championship? What did it do? <laughs> he just stood there to relish the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you're like, what are you talking? Are you what did, in you the just, world? You just opened your podcast with a pickle joke, a family history podcast. Yeah. With a pickle joke. What the heck? Who does that? No, we, we do, do that. Do. <laughs> yes. um, what the heck do pickles have to do with family history? Like, are we insane? Like, if we could literally take anything and just relate it to family history, like, I think. Well, we've done that so far with every episode. So we're pushing our limits here. Yeah. Pickles, okay. Yeah. And it reminds me of that movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which is one of my favorite rom-coms. Mm-hmm. The father in the show, he always says, give me a word and I'll tell you how that word has the Greek root in it, and I feel like we're like that yes. father, right? Tell, give me a, give me a word, Baseball give me a topic, See, and <laughs> I will tell you how that relates to family history. Pickle. Family history, pickles and family history, and we promise pickles do connect to family history. Okay, and if yeah. you're if you're doubting us, we don't blame you, but I promise, stick with us. We're going to show you how this is all connected. You're listening to the Love Your Lineage podcast by LDS Living, a multifaceted, shame-free approach to family history. I'm Mia. And I'm Michelle. And we want to help you find your space and claim your place in your family history story. All right, here we go. We promised a connection and here it is. There is this movie that I love called American Pickle. And it's not just about pickles. It's actually about a grandson meeting his second great-grandfather who has been brined by... I can't even tell the theme of the story without laughing. It's about a grandson living in New York, modern-day New York, meeting his second great-grandfather who is a Jewish immigrant from Eastern Europe. And the grandfather gets preserved in pickle brine. I mean, this is total movie magic here. This is not actual science. And because he's been preserved in this pickle water, he is able to meet up with his second great grandson. And it's just about their relationship of what it would be like to meet one of your ancestors that you probably have nothing in common with. How would we navigate that relationship? And I think it needs to be navigated with a lot of humor, which is what I loved about this movie. And so we brought on our friend, Lisa Valentine Clark, who knows a little bit about humor and comedy. Our guest today is Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Thanks for having me. So (laughs) we might sound a little different in this episode. Lisa literally invited us over to her really cool house. And (laughs) we love being here. So grateful. Um, So thank you so much for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love to welcome you into my home. Thank you. And um, so, Lisa, did you have a chance to watch the movie? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I saw it during the pandemic. And it was one of those like nice, feel good movies. Was. It was not too like roller coastery yeah, and too jarring. Yeah, you know? I was already yeah. on like <laughs> the edge of my nerves. Same. Um, okay. So, to get going, 
Would you mind telling us a little bit about like your professional background and then maybe your family history background? Yeah, sure. My professional background is sort of all over the place. We love it. Yeah, right? Like I uh, graduated with a degree in English with the intention of being a high school English teacher, which I was for just a hot minute, enough to get some really great material. And (laughs) (laughs) nice. And then I had a bunch of kids and primarily stayed home with them. And while I did, I wrote curriculum, and I performed improv with my friends, tuck my little babies into bed and then go and run and do improv. And then that actually spurred what is my career now, which is a lot of acting and writing and producing, you know, different things. So my friends and I um, started a, The Thrillionaires, an improv as theater troupe. And uh, we were able to produce a TV show called Show Offs on BYU TV. And I was also hosted on Random Acts. And I was the chat books lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. A viral video, basically just playing myself mm-hmm. <laughs> and what it's like to have a bunch of kids. And uh, helped write and produce and act in once I was a beehive and once I was engaged, those kind of movies. And now... I am the host of The Lisa Show, mm-hmm. uh, and you can download that wherever you download your podcasts. And I've really enjoyed it because I feel like it, it, it is sort of the culmination of my career in the sense of, of it brings together the things that I love, which is good conversation, talking to people, writing, producing, and, um, and, and really, you know, entertaining. So awesome. it's kind Wonderful. of all over the place. So it's so interesting. Let me tell you something probably like most people don't know about me is that like, I, in another life, secretly would love to be a comedian. And you did (laughs) not introduce yourself as a comedian. But I think you are so funny (laughs) and quick-witted. You're so nice. You're so, like, especially on the show-offs, just, like, how quick you would turn something. And I just, like, was crying laughing. (laughs) Oh, thanks. So, like, I, for sure, you need to add, like, and I'm also a comedian because you are (laughs) so funny. I always think that to be called a comedian, you have to do stand-up. And I I like to collaborate, right? So Mm -hmm. when you do show-offs, you're you're improvising with your friends when you're doing a movie and you're riffing. Even the podcast, you know, the Lisa show, I'm talking, but I'm having conversations with other people. So that's that's nice of you to say. I don't know. I but even on that, some... like going back to the chatbook commercials, those were so <laughs> they were top tier. Yeah, they Thank were top tier memorable because they felt so authentic. Yes. Well, they were. It's so it funny. Resonated. I walked into that audition and I said, I know this mom, I have five kids. You know, <laughs> and I do chatbooks because I don't make scrapbooks. Yeah, no, here yeah. we are. We do that, yeah. yeah. Wow. Awesome. Well, we really love your humor, Lisa, and we thought you'd be the greatest fit for this episode as we talk about what it means to find connections with our ancestors and maybe approaching some of those situations with a little bit of humor, right? Which can be another facet of family history. And I hope one that all of us learn to embrace maybe a little bit more. So now that we know a little bit about you professionally, Lisa, could you tell us about your family history story a little bit? So my full name, I go by Lisa Valentine Clark, mostly because I, you know, I'm so proud of my names, you know, and I thought when I got married, I didn't want to give up any names. So I just added them. (laughs) You know, I know that there's a lot of, you know, hyphen, whatever, but, and, and so it means a lot to me. And uh, so on, uh, I have a Bergen side of the family and I have a Valentine side of the family and they're both, they both come from Denmark and Sweden. I did the whole DNA test and, and all of that. And it's, it's real Swedish and, and, uh, 
My late husband and I have five kids and his family from Sweden and Denmark. I mean, it's all weird, right? Because we're all like ninth cousins or something like that. But we need a little bit more diversity in our family line (laughs) if we're going to survive. And you know what? We might not. So, you know, anyway, it is what it is. It's a good run. It was a good run. We did some stuff. We came over from Denmark. Good on us. We try to make a difference. Uh, So it's been fun. I have a family that does family history and I have a mother and a grandmother who would always talk about it. And and I feel connected to them. I really do. So so I love that we're talking about it. Awesome. I'm into it. It's hard to find people who are like legitimately passionate about yes. family history. So. Well, when you start telling stories, yeah. then I think people change their mind. Then you start digging through those journals and boy, it means something different. Yep. Oh, yes. Amen. Wow. Totally. You're the perfect guest. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. Thank <laughs> you so guys, much. Thanks. <laughs> So to start us off, um, I have a question that I want all three of us to think about and answer. Would you be friends with your second great-grandparent? So not your grandparent, not your great-grandparent, but your great-great-grandparent. Would you be friends with any of them? And here's a fun fact for you that literally any human living today has at least 16 second great-grandparents. You might have more if there was like a divorce or remarried or something. Mm -hmm. But you at least have 16 people to choose from. Off the top of your head, can you think of any of those 16? People, they're pulling out your I'm pulling out, I'm pulling out, I'm pulling out the family tree. Right tree That's right, me too. Because I did this earlier. I think this is such a great question. Yeah. This question comes from the show because that's the basis of it is like automatically people assume that Ben from the show, so the grandson, and Herschel, the second great grandfather, are going to just connect and be family. They literally look the same. Yeah, they literally look the same. They're family. They're both green bombs. They're going to like bond and be friends. And in the movie, as we know, that's not quite what happened. So Mm -hmm. is there anyone that you would be friends with? Or or maybe I should even ask, is there anyone you would be like, no, we are not being friends? (laughs) That's so hard. Because here's the thing. I feel like it's a family trait because it has to be because I feel it so strongly that like... I would make them be my friend. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I I'd be like a grumpy old guy that's like, no. Well, okay. So my great, great. So yeah, we're not talking your grandparents, not your great grandparents, uh-huh. but you're talking your great, great. Yes. yes. Like my great, great grandfather was Valentine Valentine and he came over from Denmark and he had the most incredible life. He was sitting around with his friends, drinking, playing cards. And they all sat around and they were like, you know what? We could spend our time doing something better. Let's not drink anymore. Let's not waste our time. Let's just do good. Like, who does that? But like in the middle of, of Denmark and it's cold is and all this stuff. Like young? How old is he? At so he's like, you know, he has a small family. Okay. And the missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints come along and he's like, yeah, yeah, you guys. Uh-huh. Welcomes them in. His neighbors literally try to kill the missionaries and they hide out in his house and beat him up. Mm-hmm. They they want to get baptized in the dead of winter. They had to get baptized. Well, so they have this like, a, you know, first of all, they have this like town meeting, but this mob comes in and he's like, oh, this is so great. My neighbors want to hear what I have to say. Mm-hmm. How great. Which <laughs> that's how I would be. Poor Valentine's. <laughs> Poor Valentine's. Poor Valentine's. We just want to, we just want people to like us. Yeah. Uh, they come and they beat everybody up. He like to an inch of their lives. So the missionaries oh like are almost dead. 
fast forward, they get baptized like two in the morning in a frozen river. Um, some of his friends help them hide. They, they chase him down the street one day. He hides out in a friend's business and the friend's like, listen, this is not looking good. And so Valentine, Valentine, who's this successful, you know, farmer and makes cheese and does all that kind of stuff, um, pays for a lot of other members of the church to leave and go to, to the States. So he does. And as is the story comes and it's not easy and it's hard. And so when I think about his life and the path that he put our whole family on because of that, I'm like, would we be friends if I'm like, you know, it was really hard because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was really hot outside today. I'm like, sometimes my air conditioner, it's like, it gets too cold yeah. and I get a little chill. And then I'm like, oh, oh my, my gosh, gosh, do I turn it on? Do I turn it off? Like, what will we talk about? Yes. Because just yeah. of the modern day, but yeah. So I like to think that I would just be, sit down, tell me your stories and how you live because like, talk about quality of life totally being different. Different. So different. 100%. And also my friends have never tried to kill me as far as I know. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. For me, I mean, there's several that came to mind. That's why I was looking on my tree because I'm like, okay, which one do I want to talk about? There's 16, 16 out of there's them. There's so many. I'm like, okay. Ooh, okay. One in particular, William Ahia is my second great-grandfather mm-hmm. on my Kanaka Maoli or Native Hawaiian side. And he was, he was in the newspapers for being an actual rebel in the overthrow of the Hawaiian kingdom. So he Ooh, was trying to protect wow. the kingdom and the sovereignty of the Hawaiian people. And was fighting against America at the Mm -hmm. time to let America, you know, like, hey, you legally overthrew our kingdom. You locked up our queen. You need to get out of here. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I have that rebel spirit from (laughs) him, you know, and I'd like to believe that I have that. now. I do. And I'm so proud that he did that and that his legacy has lived on. Especially Mm -hmm. in my generation, I feel like a lot of me and my siblings and my cousins have been a lot more vocal about how much the illegal overthrow affected our family Mm -hmm. and our people in general and how much we want to claim sovereignty again. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, I never would have considered him maybe being my friend. Mm -hmm. I've heard stories about him being kind of a rough, you know, rough around the edges kind of dude. And I'm a, I'm a big softie. So I don't know if I could Sometimes really intense personalities are hard for me to be around, you know, but I would try my best, like you're saying, to still be his friend. I'm like, hey, I still, you know, I still want to be your buddy. Maybe can I just like, you know, follow you around and see how you would do that? How you would talk about things? Because even the vocabulary about how open we are with Mm -hmm. the things that we talk to with our parents are different than the things that we feel comfortable talking to our grandparents. So then if you start adding generational... Yeah, like mental health. Because on mental, what? Like Like if you were talking about self-care, like sometimes you just got to check out, am I right, ladies? Yeah, You just got to have some alone time. And Mm -hmm. this is what I do for self-care. And sometimes I go for a run. And sometimes like, I can just imagine my great, great grandmother going, excuse me, what now? What What is that? What? What? So I I have this great quote from the creator of American Pickle. His name is Simon Rich. And he says, I come from a long line of Eastern European immigrant Jews, and they had such difficult lives filled with such hard work and grit. My life, by contrast, has been extremely coddled and easy, and I always wonder what they would think of me if they could see me in the present day. 
my perception was always that they would hate my guts and want to beat me up. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Oh my Just goodness. Because it's vastly different. I was thinking of my second great grandparents. I have Eduardo and he made pasta and was also like a patissier. So oh, he like made oh, yeah. uh, pastries and bakery. Yeah. And I was like, so you'd want to know him. I, yeah, no, yes. like I'm Let's pretty sure <laughs> like we'd be besties just because I would eat. Like maybe we wouldn't even talk because we'd just always be eating. Yeah. And that would um, be my that plan. That sounds amazing. That would be my plan. <laughs> One of the things that came up as you were talking about our second great grandparents, not only would I question, would we be friends? But I've also wondered like, would they have been friends with each other? Hmm. Because like, for example, with William Mahia, he was one who was leading the you know the rebels to fight against America in Hawaii. But then at the same time, my second great-grandfather, who's a German immigrant to Hawaii, signed a loyalty oath to the, <laughs> America saying that I will be loyal wow. to America and I renounce the Hawaiian throne completely in support of it. So I'm like, oh, not shit. only would I... You gotta keep I, them out yeah, of the like, You're going to have a reunion someday and you're going to yeah. probably have to moderate or mediate it. it. It just blows my mind. Like, not only would I'm questioning would I be friends with them, but would they have even been friends with each other? Yeah. Like, I, I feel, especially as a mixed person, mixed ancestry, mixed descent, that mm-hmm. I almost feel like a living contradiction with these ancestors. Mm-hmm. Like, would they have even gone along? But I'm a living descendant of both, of opposite ends. No, I, so. I got those journals and I know in my family line, mm-hmm. they would not be friends. See? That's it's so hard that. because you want to assume the best yes. of the dead, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they're not here to speak for themselves. Yeah. And there's only so many like artifacts that you have from them. And there's only so much that like journals will reveal again, probably because of time, but also what was socially acceptable to write down. You know, like I write down all my feelings, like every little thing in it, my sad, sad blue journal that I keep all my stuff in. And, you know, and I have read other, for other ancestors, that was their just like events highlights, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a different, so it's hard to know because aren't we all a product of the environment in which we Mm -hmm. grow up? So if we have attitudes about like race and gender and religion Mm -hmm. and politics, Mm -hmm. like it's easy to judge that against our standards of Mm -hmm. 2022, but that, that's what I want. That's what I think is that would be the hardest conversations to have with your great, great grandparents. Well, I'm just Mm going to mix it up just a little bit and make it even harder. Let's bring in the the concept of language. Oh yeah. Oh Oh, my goodness. I mean, not only would you like, maybe even, even if you spoke the same language, you're like, Oh yeah, that would be hard. But like most of my ancestors didn't speak English. And I don't speak Italian or Swedish or, you know, so I'm like, literally, we would just stare across the table at each other. Like, if I was put in the situation that Ben and Herschel in the movie were in, like, I don't, like, I love how awkward that first scene is. When Herschel comes to Ben's house and he's like, oh, here's the music, (laughs) here is the water, and... It was just so awkward and com- kind of like the office, you know, very mm-hmm. uncomfortable, awkward. And I'm like, I think that, I think he's, he nailed it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. There's so much comedy in that. Yeah. And I think that like anytime that you're, you know, I, I'm sure that there were a lot of really great um, charades like to play. And that's, <laughs> yeah. this is my plug for improvisation. People think it has no practical skills. Are I, I submit that it might be. <laughs> 
more important than any other skill. <laughs> and I also think that humor could be a great way. And this is why I love this movie. Mm-hmm. And especially in thinking about ha- family history, because we always make it so like dry, like, there's an old lady that's alone with a bunch of spreadsheets, mm-hmm. you know, in, mm-hmm. in the classified special edition part of the library yes, or whatever. Yes. And that's not what it is. It's storytelling and it's cross-generational and it's young and old mm-hmm. and everybody in between telling stories. And I do feel that like when you have sort of family traditions and things like that, that hopefully that that can connect like some kinds of generations. So I like to think that if I met my great-great-grandparents that I would try to find something in common that we all thought was funny mm-hmm. or, you know, some family trait mm-hmm. or some family, we all do this. Am I right? <laughs> Boy, we can talk everyone's ear off and boy we we can all make our neighbors mad yeah. am i right and for valentine <laughs> we can laugh about it now right yes that's awesome i love that that reminds me of this other quote from simon rich he said i think that it's thrilling to imagine that i would have anything in common with my ancestors because i know on so many levels that we would disagree about everything <laughs>, laughs rich yes Yes, Rich. Um, but the fantasy of the story and the film is that despite our many, many ideological and clothing differences, we'd still find some overlap, like you were talking about, Lisa, even if it's just a couple of prayers and our love of pickles. Oh, I love that so I love much. That. How connecting is that to think the first thing that I would want to do is like to bring like my burg inside some chocolate. Mm-hmm. I would find my best chocolate and and say, you know, give them a gift of mm-hmm. something that they might not have thought mm-hmm. or, you know to an ancestor who like loved the Book of Mormon or who loved, you know, the Bible to be able to say, I love this book too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some yeah. sort of like connecting item. Would, I mean, wouldn't that be so memorable? Isn't that what we want for our kids too? Because yes. I think about it from the other side too, because I want grandkids really, mm-hmm. really badly mm-hmm. and my children are in no, they're not even close. They're not even thinking about it. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> Don't worry. I tell them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> And I also borrow other people's grandchildren. It's fine. It's not weird. It's totally socially appropriate. And but I think about what I want them to know about me. And because my late husband will never Mm -hmm. one of the most devastating things about watching him die is to think, oh, he's never gonna meet any of his grandchildren and he'd be the greatest grandpa. And so he did and wrote down certain things for them, Mm -hmm. even though they don't exist right? For that hope. And so that's why I like to give like the benefit of the doubt to our great, great grandparents, right? Mm -hmm. To think, oh, if I'm having this thought and I love these children that haven't even been born yet, Mm -hmm. I think, of course, they had that, those feelings for me, Mm -hmm. even though I didn't exist in their mind yet. And Mm -hmm. there's something really beautiful about that, that I think a lot of times we don't really talk about. That's such an interesting point that I've never really thought of, but like with your husband passing away, he has become an ancestor already. I know, I hate it. And you're still in the now. Yes. And it's like this weird, like... So he wrote the story of his life, right? Just like, this is how I lived. This was what I would, you know, because he had a terminal disease yet some time Mm -hmm. that he was able to do that. And it is a treasure. It is the book that I wish I had for my great-great-grandparents. If I had one for all 16, you know I would have read the whole whole thing. thing. And it's funny inside jokes and it's all the things. And when I was putting it together, I wrote a foreword and I was like, this is for my children and our grandchildren who don't Mm -hmm. exist, who we love, you know, and we want you to know, we want this to be alive and a living like presence Mm -hmm. in your lives. And, And we can all do that, but we don't. 
Yeah. We, we don't, don't do it. We don't think yeah. our lives are that important. So we don't write yeah. it down. Like so many of our ancestors come before us like, oh, I'm just an average And person. I'm telling you, when those people pass, you wish you had yep. everything. everything. There's an indigenous saying that when an elder dies, a library burns. It's, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. feel that in my bones. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Um, okay. So I have another question for you guys. Why are you laughing? This is so rare. This, is, this whole podcast is just so, we're just being silly and I, I love like it. it. Okay. Have you ever thought about being the same age as your ancestor? Because that was another thing with like Seth Rogen playing both parts. Like they're literally the same age, the same like point in life. And yet like so different, you know, Herschel by that time has immigrated. He has a baby on the way. He's like had all these jobs. Oh yeah. And Ben mm-hmm. like just barely graduated, has no like, right. no idea. Listen, what's we've got happen. a delayed adolescent problem in <laughs> yes. America today, especially yes. with men. So let's yes. not, let's unpack that. No, just kidding. Another episode. But have you ever wow. thought about that? I don't think I have. I, you know what? I have. I, I, I did think about that when I had little kids. When I was so overwhelmed and I just thought, I wonder how my grandma did it without a washing machine or without podcasts to listen to or TV, you know, or I would just think, I would think, what were they doing? How were they living kind of stuff or like when they got married or, you know, or or even have you ever thought about them being a recent immigrant and not speaking English and how to function in a world where you don't know your neighbor and you don't know the language? Yeah. What if you were leaving your your country and you knew you could never go back to visit? Mm -hmm. You can't just go on the plane and just go back and see your childhood home, your family, your parents. You know, you left and you knew that that was it. You would never see anyone again. And I just think that's so... There's something huge and significant about that. It's hard to to live in another country that you feel like is not your own. I only I've only lived in I, I lived in England for for a little while. And it's like the same country, like yeah. as like of all the countries with the same language. It wasn't even a different language, and it was hard because yeah. it was like different customs. Yes, different it was culture. like a, just a bizarro world because it was like it was close enough to be the same, but different enough to, that I felt out of place all the time. Mm. And then also being in another country and having to raise children and the moment that someone just offers a little bit of kindness. Oh, I'll never, I can list names of people who saved me that year. I'm still friends with them because of that feeling. Yeah. Oh, and kind of going back to your question too, Michelle, like, you know, have I thought about my ancestors being the same age as me? I have, but then I've also thought about in the movie how, like you're saying, the two characters say the great second great grandson and the second great grandfather come together and they do look alike, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, I'm like, I don't like no one looks exactly like me Mm -hmm. in my family at all. Oh, so what does that feel like? Yeah, it it feels interesting because I see bits and pieces of me in pictures. But like, there's no one yeah. that fully looks like Being me. Being a multiracial Being multiracial, that's what it's like. Person is just like, you have ancestors of all different colors, uh-huh. all different sizes, mm-hmm. and we don't necessarily match. I don't match anybody. Yeah. So I was thinking about like, okay, if I saw them, like I'm thinking about my second great-grandmother who I'm named after, Taka mm-hmm. Miyamoto. So that's mm-hmm. where I get my first name from. And she was a short Japanese, like four foot something lady, hard worker. She was an immigrant from Japan to Hawaii. I imagine like, okay, if we were the same age and standing in this living room, Lisa's living room, <laughs> I mean, I would try to talk to her in Japanese. So I did serve my mission in Japan. So mm-hmm. we would kind of have that language. But then I feel like she would be like, 
you sure we're related? Like, what are you talking about? And then I imagine myself like grabbing a mirror, like, okay, let's look at us standing side by side. Okay. Mm-hmm. See the hairline and that's looking for that for, connection, yeah, looking for those little tidbits. Like that's what I grab for every time I do family history. Just the tiniest, even I if it's the hairline, though. you know, like that's so beautiful. Thank you. And you know, I, it's, it's, it hasn't been easy trying to do that, but it's very rewarding when I do find those little tidbits. Like, okay, I, I didn't just come together out, out of like random combustion. You know, it's <laughs> like there was purpose behind everything that brought me to this earth. And I have every little bit of who I am from the inside to the outside, from when I was little to as I'm growing up. All of it comes from somewhere and from somebody's, mm-hmm. not it's just one. It's a yeah, gift. I love that. It's so complex, I and, feel like. And you never know what those genes are going to do. Like you can have oh, generations no. where no one looks like anybody and then one yeah. child will show up and it will be like You're the like, spitting what? image. I feel like when my son was born and ago. we all gasped and we said, I just gave birth to my father. <gasps> like, and we were like, that looks like Robert Valentine. We all, as a newborn, we oh all went, <gasps> so weird, right? It was Jeans oh, are amazing. Jeans are weird. Yes. And my yes, dad kept are. saying, why do I think he's so handsome? <laughs> this is probably the Classic most handsome. Gra- and I was like, all right, <laughs> all right, all right. So one of the most interesting parts of this movie, I thought when Ben, the grandson, uh, him and his grand- great second great grandfather, Herschel, they get into a big fight and you'll have to watch the movie to see how that progresses. But then, so Ben to get back at his grandpa, Herschel, he puts Herschel on Twitter. <laughs> oh man, of that doesn't start the place. Place. Yeah, all okay. the so place like, forums. What do you think it would be like to have your second great grandparents? We're gonna have grandmas and grandpas. What do you think it would be like if they were on Twitter? Like, gosh, are, are you? They would think it's you, the most unholy place. Are you? I do think that they, they would be just, shocked. It's yes. striking fear into my heart, oh. like of the things they would say. Well, yeah. even like just knowing, like one generation away, like what my grandparents, yeah. like I mean, mm-hmm. you know, or my parents are like, listen, I should get off of this. I even I know that, and so I wonder if they would have a little bit more wisdom and be able. To, I'd like to think that they would be able to see it outside. Like, why do we do that? Why do you do this? Mm-hmm. What service does it provide? What does it create? Like, I'd like to think that an outside perspective is maybe what we need. Maybe I'm in too deep. <laughs> yeah. So Ben actually knows, can anticipate what Herschel's going to say. He's from this older generation. He's got these ideas um, around women, around Christianity, around ableism. And Ben really knows that Herschel's going to start digging himself a hole to get, get buried in. And that actually comes to fruition. It actually happens. And uh, it's a really funny part of the story, but interesting too, like awkward. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of you hear with family history or history in general, that's just how it was back then. That's just how people thought. And it made me question like, well, why is it important to understand that our our ancestors are complex? And I mean, is there what are the pros and cons of holding our ancestors to our standards? Because I think there's That's there are such a good question yes. because you know we're so arrogant when we say, well, we've got it all figured out. We've mm-hmm. figured it all out. Mm-hmm. When our great great grandkids are going to have some things to say about mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. so I try to remember that and say that lens with that. I think that's one of the things I really love about uh, the gospel and our, you know, belief in the afterlife that there still is progress after death. I believe in it. 
Yeah. I believe that people can go, ooh, you know, on earth I lived like this. Now I know better, I do better. So we can we can totally be like, yes, our ancestors had these issues with ableism, racism, xenophobia, sexism. And that that's really sad. And that's not something that we want to carry on today. But I also believe in that there will be opportunity for them to change their mind. Just mm-hmm. like when I hope that when I die... I still progress. Yeah. That I'm still like, hey, you know, that thing that you never did quite get right. Yeah. You know, you can do it. Yeah. You have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, not to be arrogant of like, well, they don't know what we know now, but yeah. just to with that, come up with that humility of all that we have right now mm-hmm. with a great sense of gratitude for what they did to provide it for us. And just to add to that too, I mean, in studying history and being a genealogist, it's very clear that history is written in hard stone. Like once it's discovered or uncovered, it's like, that's what happened and that's it kind of thing. It's final. And then after someone dies too, it's like, yep, that's that's the end of their life and that's it. But like we talked about the gospel, we believe that there's more to it, to the human life to our progression that we don't fully understand yet. And so it reminds me of how important faith is, right? Faith is having a gap in your knowledge to and using that gap to understand and trust in things that you may not fully see or understand. So like we're talking about, we haven't seen the full progression of what our ancestors have been doing or going through after they've passed away. That's Those are some things that may not have been revealed yet, but like we've all talked about, like I have hope, I have mm-hmm. strong hope and faith that they have changed, they have evolved, and that they're looking to us to keep carrying on the change that maybe they haven't been able to do when they were here. They're looking to us as that hope, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about heart changing and heart turning. I, f- I fully believe their hope in us isn't just to do ordinances, but to carry on the right things that oh, they would like us to not keep carrying more. on. I also feel like when we, I, I learned this as my husband was dying because he had a testimony of this and I, and I was very skeptical of it. And I've actually come around and changed my mind on it. I do feel that angels, the presence, the people that come and comfort us, in our hard our needs are our ancestors. Mm-hmm. I can't think of, I don't think it's some random angel that's assigned to us as a calling. My grandmothers have, have been with me. Mm-hmm. Wow. You can, you can feel it. There's a familiarity. There's a familiarity. There's a remembrance. Mm-hmm. There's a call. And it's something that I, I think is really beautiful and is significant. And I think people across different faith traditions will say the same thing mm-hmm. that they, you know, cause that makes sense. Doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. it make sense? Like why would somebody die and then suddenly not care about their wife and children mm-hmm. or their grandchildren? Like, no, it makes, that makes no sense. Our hearts are tied together mm-hmm. forever. This is like this core doctrine in our faith. Mm-hmm. So why don't we believe that it works in action? Mm-hmm. And I, I do. Amen. 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 Wow. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really feel that there, yeah, it's like we said, family history is not a line, it's a circle. And as we, you know, I think a lot of our ancestors are hoping for, even us, like we're giving them faith and, and hope and a space to improve and get better. We also are hoping that they um, 
you know, that if maybe things that they never got to resolve in their life or mistakes that they made, that we were able to step in and almost help them repair that, you know, and like just the circle of giving and loving and connecting. So Thank you so much, Lisa, for for discussing this oh, awesome show. Oh, thanks for us. letting me be a part of this. This was this was so fun to talk. I love talking about stuff like this. So, so now I'm sure. really hungry and I want to go eat some pickles. Go eat some pickles. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Love Your Lineage. You can find all the references and full transcripts for this episode in our show notes at ldsliving.com slash loveyourlineage. And if you love this episode, please, please, please leave us a review or a rating. This episode was hosted by me, Mia, and the lovely Michelle. It was produced and edited by Erica Free and Katie Lambert and mixed by Mix at Six Studios. Thank you for being with us today and we hope you feel empowered to love your lineage and to embrace your authentic family history story. Gus? Hi, Gus. Who oh, was such a good boy? Come I on. have the most social dog in the world. Who <laughs> are my new friends? Will you come and love me forever? Hi. Hi. Yeah, he's going to come and so smell you all too. like, would you like to say hello to me? I have three kitties, so he probably... He's my my little rescue dog that I swore I would never get because I hate animals, but I love Gus. <laughs> So, you know, this is how pets change your No, this is what you do when your husband dies during a global pandemic and you and you're just sitting around looking at sad kids. You go, well, I hate my life anyway. Might as well get a dog and hate it even more. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters anymore. Then you get a rescue dog and then they save you. They rescue you. They rescue you. And then you say, oh, I didn't know that this would be. And then, you know, because he loves me the most and I was the one that didn't want him. And the kids are like, this is how it is. You can feel how much he loves you. 